Oftentimes in life, we are faced with unplanned and unwanted obstacles that discourage us on our life's path. Everyday people give in or give up when these things seem too difficult to overcome. It takes a special kind of person to continue to fight and press on even when they don't fully understand why they should. In spite of it all was written to encourage and inspire everyone with the message that failure is never failure until you give into it. This book will bring you true life stories from courageous women who decided to take the stones that were thrown at them and build a bridge to the other side of their own personal success. These ladies are from different walks of life, but the one thing they all have in common is their belief that it was God who brought them through it all. He was there every step of the way, providing them with the divine strength to be an overcomer. These ladies pray that by sharing their stories that you will be inspired to keep pushing through your own trials and be encouraged in knowing that if God called you to it, he will definitely see you through it. This is the In Spite of It All promo. Pre-orders will be available March 15th. Contact me or any one of my co-authors for your copy of this very inspirational book called In Spite of It All. Welcome back to another episode of the Code of Sisterhood podcast. This is your girl, your host, Erica, and I am bringing you something special for this episode. I am bringing you along to my women's discussion group. Um, I brought in my equipment so I can record. Um, I had some special ladies join me tonight and we had an awesome time. We had great conversation. We got to talk about topics um, ranging from child support to, um, you know, expectations of what we thought our, you know, relationships would be and having a two parent household to go into a single parent household, you know, all the fears and insecurities that we have as single mothers, um, trying to date as a single mother, um, you know, financial, uh, issues, trying to provide for, you know, kids as a single mother. So we covered a wide range of topics that I'm sure all of you single moms out there um, will appreciate and um, and you will be able to identify with. So I just wanted to bring that, I wanted to bring you all along so you can just sit in and listen to the intimate conversations that we as sisters don't have enough of and I hope by doing this podcast that we create um, you know a spark you know to start more of this dialogue between us all to realize that you know our fears and insecurities will lose all power once we express them once we give a voice to them and once we understand that we all have those same 
um, fears and insecurities. So I'm coming right back. We're going to get into this episode and I hope you enjoy. I used to notice, you know how you out and about and you see kids who act in a complete total fool with mm-hmm. their parents and they, no, Johnny, stop. And they, wah, wah, wah. and then somebody come along and have a firm voice with them. Mm-hmm. And they just straighten up. And they, and then they will follow that person around. They want to mm-hmm. be around that person. I said, kids want discipline and structure. They, they feel out of control and they feel unsafe when they're with a person who lets them do any That's and everything. Because right. right. they're actually looking for guidance. And then when they don't get it, they're like, man, I don't, I don't even know what to do with myself. And right. They need... But you know what? I think that's true for like the parents as well. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, you know what? All my life, all my adult life, I've been with this man. And even though he wasn't leading me anywhere, mm-hmm. but it was still that and even though it wasn't fully structured it was still something yes you know it was still someone there to to lead to guide you know Mm -hmm. um but now it's just me you know there's nobody to sit down and come up with a plan with when it's time to talk about a plan for the family it's me planning for the family there's no going to my husband or fiance or whoever to make a plan and you know what one of my biggest fears was like being single and especially raising boys. Right. I, I forgot who I was telling this the other day. Like, I, cause I know every child needs that. They need that emotional support, right. but they also need the discipline. So me being, being so fearful that my kids will grow up without discipline. I became a strong disciplinarian. I didn't know how to, vacillate back and forth right. between being, you know, giving them the soft emotional support and being a disciplinarian. And then in my mind, my fear was if they see me be soft and emotional, right. they're going to run all over me right. and they're not going to respect me when I discipline them. And so I got stuck in being the disciplinarian and I wasn't giving them the affection and emotional support that I felt that they needed and I felt guilty about that because I was like I wonder if my boys gonna grow up and feel like they never got you know hugs and never got you know me loving all on them maybe they need that maybe they don't need so much discipline but I didn't know how to break out of it right right now I'm at this point because at first, I was doing the, the tough love thing, you know, being mm-hmm. because their dad wasn't there. So I'm trying to be strong and, you know, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And, yeah. you know, not wanting them to run over me. So now, though, that was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But then gradually, it's like I'm getting softer. Mm-hmm. And so now, yesterday, was it yesterday? It was, I think it was yesterday. I was looking. I'm like. I'm not too soft for these boys <laughs> because they they get a lot on like they Over get on, on you, me huh? a lot you know mm-hmm. like my oldest son you know he'll just come and say mama give me a hug 
and, and I'll be mad, like, and I'm like, "What you this want? Boy is playing, <laughs> you know? Like they really, they know how to play me." Uh-huh. But um, when <laughs> we're riding together in the car, and we were headed from church uh, a few weeks ago, and we were riding in the car, and I said, "Guys, I'm sorry that I wasn't able to give you the type of family I felt you needed." I, I didn't intend for us to be, you know, right. a family where you don't have your father in your life. I, I didn't intend for it to be that way. Mm-hmm. It was always me meaning for you guys to have a father and a mother. Yeah. I said, but since you don't, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. And my oldest son said, mama, you're doing a great job. <laughs> he said, you're teaching us how to pray. You're always talking mm-hmm. to us and giving us information and helping us. And even though you don't get us everything we want, we always have what we need and we get some of what we want. Mm-hmm. He's like, so you're doing a good job, mom. And then my other two was like, yeah, mama, you're doing a really, really good job. Didn't they make you feel good? Didn't make me feel good. It take a I long couldn't wait long. to get home to get those jokers out the car so I can start crying. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to cry in front of them. <laughs> I was like, Thank you guys. And so we yeah, made it to the house. Thank you. Yeah, we made it to the house. And I was like, all right, guys, I'll be in there in a few minutes. Baby, baby you just closed. broke down. I was like, oh. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You just answered my prayer. Yeah, because let me tell you something. I can honestly say my kids are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not at the schoolhouse every day. Now, the oldest one, I was having some problems with him at first. When me and his yeah. dad first separated. Yeah. I was having some problems at first. I was always at the school. He was always getting mad, walking out of class and stuff. Wow. Now that child has turned all the way around. Like he's the one at school everybody comes to to pray for them and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like he's really changed. So it's like, wow. That's that's, that's what I wanted to kind of push because the last time we was here, we was talking about we... We think that single parent children are such at a disadvantage, but there are such great opportunities for them to be in at the advantage. Right. Because sometimes they can develop a greater sense of compassion and empathy for people when they see their one parent is struggling to try to keep that balance and trying to feel that void that they feel like they have. A lot of times we put so much guilt on ourselves and think we're, we're, um, you know, we're shortchanging our kids and our kids are looking at us like, mama, we good. Right. We got a good life. I don't know what you're talking about. I am. I'll say this. I'm glad knowing Mm -hmm. my mom and knowing my dad, they're not together. Mm -hmm. I love them both. But knowing my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. I am so glad yes. that I grew up with my mom and my dad separate. Wow. I'm glad. Wow. I think I'm better because I grew up with my mom and my dad separate. I, I look back on that now and I, I say the same thing. I said, I wonder who I would have been if my dad would have been in my life. Right. Because when when him and my mom was together he was raising all kinds of hell they was always fighting he was physically abusive right um so i probably would have been a nervous wreck had they stayed together right so um but i did go through a lot of years of um resentment cuz a lot of times the the kids will build up resentment not towards the absent parent but the parent but that's the there. parent that's there 
And that's what I did. I was resentful against my mom because he wasn't there blaming her for him not being there, not knowing the full scope of what had happened. And, um, and then there were times too, where, um, she may not admit it, but my mom used to like, she would use that against me when I did something wrong. Oh, you did. You're acting just, just like, like your, your daddy. daddy. Oh You're my lying God. just my like mama, your daddy. To this day, my mom mm-hmm. will still do it to me. <laughs> well, you, your daddy's child. Yeah. Look, like look, the negative looking stuff. like your daddy, acting like your daddy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The first thing I want to um, I want to say thank you, ladies, for coming. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome to the Code of Sisterhood podcast. Um, this is your host Erica Warren, and I'm sitting here with two beautiful ladies um, from the Hammond, Louisiana area. We're going to be um, discussing single motherhood, something that um, I'm sure many ladies out there listening can identify with at one time or another you may not be a single mom now but you may have been one um and we just want to bring to attention you know the struggles that we go through the ups and downs um the fears that we have the insecurities that we have and not only that we also want to talk about the joys of being a, a mother just a mother period um, and the reward that comes with that. So I wanted to start with Rava Sadler. Right, Rava, thank you for coming. And I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, like your background. And okay, um, I been living here all my life. Um, I'm originally from Hunchtool. I have a seven-year-old daughter whose father does not contribute at all. Um, I own my own business, um, cultivated solutions. I have three different areas of expertise. One is just a general tutoring. Um, I kind of help kids in math from second to eighth grade, um, just tying in some of those old school ways with this new Eureka math thing that they have going on. Um, And just trying to get them their juices flowing and get a better performance. Um, Secondly, I have my sport edition. Uh, Also, I'm a senior at Southeastern. For sport management awesome. <clears throat> so sport is where my heart resides i love football everything about it yeah. um so i have a sport addition to my company that caters to the mentorship of student athletes and their transition from high school to collegiate okay. um and also i make marketing materials for small and large businesses um right thank you so now I got my second um, my second guest here. She's gonna Natasha. introduce herself to y'all and tell y'all a little bit about herself. Um, my name is Natasha Williams. I'm a program supervisor for a short-term respite program. I am also an executive assistant for AMP Records, which is a gospel radio um, gospel recording label. And I'm also the executive assistant for Face Star Radio, which is an internet radio station. So, um, also a virtual assistant. I pretty much do all kinds of things, and just basically, I'm here, mother of three, yeah. uh, yeah. seventeen, eleven, and thirteen. 
So, and I'm telling y'all, these girls look like they still in high school. They don't look like, <laughs> <laughs> they, don't look like they, they don't look like mothers. And um, Natasha was just telling me how the little young guys been hitting on her. They think they 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 think they that they right. Yes. I'm like I'm old enough to be your mama, baby. No, I, I, I've done this so many times. I try to scare little young boys off. I'd be like, look, I got a son that's older than you. They don't care. Bring me a play. Uh, let me get my belt. I bet you get out of here. <laughs> And they bold in these new very oh, bold, very it's bold. It's just different. It's, it's just crazy. different. The, yep. the playing field that single women have to work with yeah. is it's not yes. of value. We were There's talking about really that earlier. Substance there, you know, especially when it comes to intellect and things that we're yes. interested in. Um, I know I'm 27, although I just I can't really complain. Um, I just got engaged in November. Okay, um, congratulations, congratulations on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is everything. That's okay. all everything. And I have been through some horrible relationships, which mm-hmm. makes me really appreciate the men that I have. Well, thank God. Yes, that. indeed. Yes. yes, indeed. Somebody got one. <laughs> I love it. Yes, somebody, somebody, you know, the little bit. Don't go too far. Yeah. yeah. Don't go too far. But they, they be out. They, they out. <laughs> Y'all, well, I'm 44. I have, I'm a single mom of four boys, 23, 21, 17, and 12, going to be 13. Oh, so I, 12, now I 13, get to say Lord. all my boys are teenagers, teenagers. and older. Mm-hmm. I love it. And um, like we were talking about, y'all, whew, I just I just reactivated my dating profile maybe two days ago and already deleted it again. I'm Isn't it horrible? I, what was the it. one? Um, I think it was Bumble or something. Somebody convinced me to one. join. To me, all of them seem the same, like yeah. swipe left or swipe right or mm-hmm. whatever. But in reality, it's on. really the same guys. <laughs> just well, you know what's funny is that my fiance—that's how we got started. Yeah. Really? Oh, right. Yes, I swipe right on the right. Swipe right. <laughs> swipe right on the right. <laughs> that's actually where we, where our relationship begins. Is there? That's um, good. and he he made me work. It was not easy. It was not an easy process. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we just got finished talking about that last night. Wow. Um, how you know women, especially when you're raised a certain way mm-hmm. um, in a Christian setting, mm-hmm. right. they make you believe that the men are the ones that's supposed, supposed to be to pursue doing you all the work. Yeah. They're supposed to be doing the pursuing. Um, traditional way, you know, sometimes that works for people, but he made me, I guess I just needed that at mm-hmm. a point in my life where I wasn't just sitting on my hands waiting for something to happen. Yes. So right. it was it was a different experience, but I'm glad I didn't give up. Well, good. And I, I tell women this all the time, even though, you know, I go through my bouts and I say this and that and the other, I truly believe in, because we're in this era, online dating, you get to access so many other people that you would never ever meet just right i mean if you if you're a single mom and you go to work you come home you go to work you come home you go to church you come home you go to work you go who are you gonna meet right right that's true because i'm always at work work or church or with the kids like where do i have time to meet somebody so So, I, i really do believe online dating is awesome 
and so many people have met awesome people. It has nothing to do with like, you know, some people try to say negative things about mm-hmm. it. But if I meet somebody in the grocery store, if he's a, a jerk, right, it's still going to be the same, same process. Right. I think the, it doesn't matter how many is, is still the same, but you mm-hmm. just have access. You have more options if you go right. online. Um, right. 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 Um, so, so I got the four boys. Um, I've been divorced. Four years. That's my second marriage. Been divorced for four years. Um, been dating for the past three years. Um, I look at dating as a um, learning experience. Mm. I have learned so much about people in general just from dating. Um, a lot of women get frustrated with it because they're looking at it as a means to an end. Right. If they don't get the end result they're looking for, they get frustrated and they don't want to keep going. But for me, I looked at it as a learning experience. I learned who I don't want. Amen. I learned who I, who, what I do want. And I had to learn a lot about myself first because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know me. So now that I know me so well, it's a lot harder to find what I'm looking for because I know what I want and I'm specific with it. Like when I didn't know what I want, anything could fit because I didn't know what I want. Right. It was, it's a man. I know I want a man. So right. he fits. That, but that's, now that's I what know I the doing. characteristics that I'm looking for. I know the red flags to avoid. And my senses are so heightened on that stuff right. that I don't like I used to second guess myself a lot when meeting people if I really liked them I would ignore red flags and right say, oh it ain't gonna be that bad I, I could I could hang with him or I could change him right I'm like I'm too old to be changing people correct you need to be who you gonna be already right now. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> time to be trying to fix you no. I think those those foundational things those core things yes those are the things that you you can change a person I can change you right. mm-hmm. I, I can say something in you know a small amount of time mm-hmm. and not that many words that'll mm-hmm. change the way you look at something right. mm-hmm. um I think that a lot of especially women who have tried mm-hmm. that's what they try to do mm-hmm. it just is it's changed because I thought that too mm-hmm. I thought that you know growing up in a household where I have two siblings and I have a mom mm-hmm. so I don't see that mm-hmm. um and so I'm thinking going into my first relationship real relationship with my child's father that it got all these red flags just red flag, red flag, red flag mm-hmm. all of them and I'm thinking okay there's something special about me that right. I can change this person yes but then yes. I forced myself to deal with something way too long. Right. And then I just got fed up. And it needs to change yourself. Yeah. Yeah. In the process, you end up changing I became yourself. a very angry person. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, I didn't like that person. I went from being someone who grew up where, even though my mom cursed, mm-hmm. I didn't curse. Mm-hmm. I, there were certain words that I, I never said, yeah. you know? Yeah. You could call me prudish, but yeah. I was okay with who I was. Right. But then I got with this guy and it's like, gradually he started so bringing out, like he was, he was hard. And so it made me have to toughen up. And so yeah. I started trying to, you know, be Match where, him. yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you're not going to talk to me like this. Let me say this back then. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You know, when something is not for you. I, mm-hmm. And it don't take it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You, it, all it takes is, is just, you know, I can honestly say uh, 
throughout the process of dealing with my child's father, mm-hmm. we, well, I'll tell you, I, it was my first semester at school mm-hmm. is when I ended up getting pregnant. Yeah. Um, and we went, I got a refund. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I go to the store to pick up some stuff for myself mm-hmm. and he tagged along and we get to the store and he asking me for all of this stuff. It was a red flag, but I chose to ignore it. Yeah. Mm. So we get to the store and he won't this shoe, that shoe, and wow. I'm like, shopping spree. What are we do? This is not what we're doing. Yeah. Right. So I get out the store and I'm out. He made me feel so low. Wow. Because I did not buy him anything. Mm. Wow. And instead of me saying, hey, you know, I might need to get away from this person. Right. I continue. And to this day, nothing. If I had stayed in that, ain't no telling where I'd be right now. Yes, but thank God you learned. Right. When I say my children's father brought out the absolute worst in me, I didn't like who I was when I was with him. Mm -hmm. I I didn't like who he was when he was with me. I think we're both better now that we're not together. Now, mind you, he's still doing the same stuff. Yeah. But we're not fighting each other anymore. Right. He may be out there fighting with somebody else, but he's right. not out there fighting with me, making me this angry person that I don't want to be. Yes. But I notice I'm still scarred from that. I'm still, every day I'm walking around, I'm still smiling. I'm still happy. Mm-hmm. But there's this part of me that's still angry because he made me do things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be sitting in a car at the gas station having an argument with this man because he disrespected me. He didn't care where he disrespected me. He didn't care what he said, who he was around. He's pumping gas. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in the car embarrassed, trying to be calm, you know, like, okay, he just, let me just not say anything. He's saying what he wanted to say, Right. right? All because I'm sitting there, his phone rings. And it's a woman. And they have this this yeah. way to switch it on you. you know? Yeah, so he turned it all around yeah, on me. Like and I'm like, not, yeah. and, it, and, yes. and I can say, um, my child's father really has potential to probably be great. Right. But he cannot get out of his own, own way. Own way. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of men. You that's know, like, it's a lot of men. Our, our own greatest enemy is ourselves. That's right. That is it. Um, when you were saying that about you didn't know, you didn't like who you were. That's how I felt in my my first marriage. Like I became, I was I was an angry person. I was a paranoid person. Paranoid. I was, um, I had fights with numerous women over this man um i would go through his phone i would and then the crazy thing was i would do all of this stuff just to and, still all this information. and still stay and still stay that was me that was me that was me man i used to have was... conversations with other women on the phone like <laughs> <laughs> why are you calling me again you you <laughs> Why won't you just keep him there? Why do you keep sending him back to me? Because I love him. Well, why won't you just keep him? Why do you keep letting him come back here? Because he loved you. And, and so you him, was trying to get her to keep him. I was trying to get her to keep him because, because let me tell you, that I was taught 
that you don't divorce, you don't leave your husband. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to get a divorce. Divorce is wrong. That, that is, is wrong. what I believed. Wow. That's what was instilled in me coming up. You don't divorce your husband. You don't tell your business. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep yourself private. What goes on in your house, you keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't divorce your husband. Yep. And you don't let no woman take your man. So the only thing that <laughs> taught me was to stay with a man that was with a bunch of women. And I just need to stay there and take it and don't try to divorce and just stay. Yep. I wish we would have had this podcast <laughs> years ago to wake me up and tell me. So, and then you be ha- like you have people around you constantly are telling you you need to get yourself out of this but situation. you know why you don't listen but the tone the t- that they do yes, it in yes. it makes you rebellious it makes you rebellious right. and you can't accept what they're telling right. you it's like oh right. you're just mad because I got somebody and you don't or you're just mad because we don't get to hang together as much you know so you don't really listen to them or it's your parents telling you and you're really not listening to them mm-hmm. but I wish I wish somebody would have just snatched me up and said, let me tell you something, little girl. Somebody's grandmama would have pulled me to the side and said, let me tell you something. If you don't get yourself together and get rid of that man and go back to school like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to do and do what you're supposed to do and get that degree. Mm. My husband, when we was together, convinced me to not go to school just by accusing me of men. All of, every time I'm going to school, you just going to see some men. You just going to see boys. So you going to see men. Yeah, and I'm tired of hearing it. I'm yeah. tired of coming home fussing and fighting about it because I'm I'm late. But then you can go stay out all night, you and you don't want me to say nothing. So you know what I you did? What I, I stopped saying song? stuff. I stopped fussing and arguing. I'm mm-hmm. just like let him do whatever. He and that's do. the worst place for me, especially mm-hmm. in a relationship. When I stop mm-hmm. caring. Mm-hmm. You might as well just. I'm. I'm thinking of a plan, mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to bounce on it. Exactly. It's about to be over, yep. and yes. and I, I was married before. Yeah. Um, I got married in 2015, and we lasted until March of 2018, maybe. Okay. So it wasn't long. Yeah. Um, but it was the worst relationship I have ever been in. Yeah. Um, comparing it to my first relationship mm-hmm. with my child's father, you know, it was more so. Of a physical abuse thing, you yeah. know, but my ex-husband really tried to break me down mentally, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, as I told y'all before, I'm really into football and like the mm-hmm. NFL. And so when I was with him is when I was, I had completed most of my school while we were together. Yeah. Um, and he used to just, he was, he was you know, just been with somebody who's been jealous of you. Yes. It was just jealousy. Yeah. Like, he really tried to, you know, after a while, after I started thinking about it, I was like, how how am I going to work around all these men? I mean, the NFL. Yeah. Right, right, men. exactly. And these are all men who have a lot more than you. Right. Do you think that I'm going to get my dream job just to come home to deal with your folks? Right. Mm-mm. I'm just not going to do it. When he said that to me, I knew then mm-hmm. it's it's about to be time. Mm-hmm. It's about right. to be time. Yeah, you can't. You'll you never be able to make with somebody who you are, and at the core, to be with somebody else because eventually you're gonna start hating them. Yeah, and that's how I was, I was. I was. I hated my husband so much. Like he taunted me because I don't know. He might have known this subconsciously. But I had such a desire to have a two-parent household for my children because I didn't have that as a child. And so I decided I'm going to have that no matter what I have to do to get it. 
And I put up with a whole bunch of stuff off of him to have it, to have the appearance of it. But behind closed doors, it was nothing what people might have thought mm-hmm. it was from the outside. And um, he would taunt me with that because, like, when I would, um, you know, threaten him that I'm going to leave, you know, I'm tired of this. One of these days, you, you just, it's going to be the end. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Where you going? Who you going? Ain't nobody going to want nobody. Woman with no three kids. Where you going? You know? And so... I, in my head, I started to kick into survival mode. Like, it's going to be me or him because this man is actually like killing me. The way God set that up to where he removed him because he went to prison for all of the other dirty stuff he was doing that I kept begging him to stop doing. You know, if you want to be a family man, if you want to stay out on the streets and be free, you need to stop doing all this stuff. But he didn't want to do that because he liked the, the image of, you know, if 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 all these young girls looking up to you and they thinking you a drug dealer, you making all mm-hmm. this money. He liked that image. Yeah. And you're talking about you're talking about, you know, years ago because your mm-hmm. oldest child is 23. Mm-hmm. I'm. I can relate to you because mm-hmm. men today, that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. I think that that's we it. live in a world where the media and social media controls it up so, so much. many aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so whatever they dramatize or bring to the forefront, mm-hmm. that's what they run with. Yes. But real women are not looking for a man mm-hmm. who wants to be in the streets. That's it. Not at all. Now, there are women who do like that. Because yeah. they, 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 they want the money or they want the fast life, but Oh, like you said, not, a real woman. They have to get coming to themselves because a lot of women look for validation in the man. It's like if all these other women want him, but he wants me, then oh, that then I'm me something or somebody something, or that makes me better than him. And I had that mindset when I was younger because I was always looking for validation in a man because I didn't get it from a dad. Right, and so um, I can definitely understand that mindset but once me and him were able once once he was removed from the situation and I was able to really um legally divorce him um that's when it all set in and I looked back on everything and I was like I really did that stuff I really went to women's houses and fought them I was close I was close. I, I chased like, one woman down and, and in the car. I, I'm driving down the highway 90 miles an hour trying to catch her because she had just dropped him off at my house. So I'm, But then when I pulled up on her, it wasn't a fighter. It was just why didn't you keep this man? Why do you keep why do you keep because let me tell you my thing was if he left me I'm okay. I wanted him to leave me. I wanted him to leave me because I didn't want the guilt of leaving him. That's true. And then they have that, they have that master skill Mm -hmm. to be able to take things that they have gone through to make you feel bad about it and Mm -hmm. to keep you here. Yeah. Um, My child's father is bad. Really, really bad about that. Uh, He was three when his father was killed. Um, And at this point, anybody, somebody may disagree, but do you remember what you saw when you were three? Mm-mm. So he said he's gonna quit playing the card. 
Like, do I feel sorry for you because that happened? Oh, yes. So he but using it. Is you get you you too old to still? You know what? That's so this. funny because my children's father, his his father died when he was like one or two or something like that. You don't remember that. He doesn't that even remember his father, but he said it plays such an impact Hold on up. his life. How, how is his relationship with the mama? With his mama? He barely sees his mama. He That's can go months without talking to his mama. Yeah. I'm like, what? What man really says he cares about his mom can go months without talking to his mom, calling his mom, or seeing his mom? I'm, I'm really but you're so that. obsessed and in love with your daddy, and he had such a you know impact on my. If my daddy would have been here, I would have been oh better. Oh my god, I'm so sick of hearing it. He has such a victimized, narcissistic attitude. It is ridiculous. Living in the house with him was like living with a tyrant. Was it? Was it? It well, was hard. Child, because children do that. Yeah, but they grow up in a household where. All they're validated. Like well, that. I'm gonna say mine in particular. His mother enables him, yeah. so he he's using that as an excuse as a grown up because this is what he kept hearing as a mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to make a man out of him, right? At some point, this should be tiring, right? This cycle should be tiring. I just I be so confused as to what be going on <laughs> in their heads. But some of my auntie told me is that a lot of men hate their moms. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. My brother um was an example of that. He's he's in prison now and I'm four years older than him. During the time when we were um me and him were coming up with my mom, she was single and so she was working a lot, so I had to like babysit mm. and stuff. And um it's like when he when he became an adult and started making his own dumb mistakes with women and all kinds of other stuff. It was always um, the way my mama raised him. Um, that's Blame why he me. do what he do. Like, fool, we was raised together. together. Right. So how do other siblings come out being okay and you get the world with this excuse? I don't understand. I'm trying to figure out, so did my mama physically abuse you? Because I never, ever saw that. We ate. I mean, we, we didn't have everything we wanted, but your necessities were made. What, what did my mama do to you? She didn't do nothing to you. What are you talking That's about? That's just a cop out, and I think they mm-hmm. they hear it so often from other mm-hmm. people that they just run. So many men have this victimized attitude, and then they want to play the blame game all the time. It's your and to this day, my children's father is still. It's your fault for leaving me. It's your fault. You did. You left me with nothing. When you left me, you left me with nothing. Wait a minute. It's me and three children. I, I left with three children. Left the house. We were staying in an apartment, but I left the apartment with the kids. Mm-hmm. Left you in the apartment. If you had been a working man that were mm-hmm. do that was doing what you were supposed to do, you, you would have been able place. to provide for yourself. But because you were dependent on me to take care of you, I can't take care of you and three children. Mm-hmm. That's not my role. My role is to take care of my children. And and I think that a lot of men get that confused. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know this may sound corny, Mm -hmm. but after my uh, failed marriage Mm -hmm. um, and when I stepped back onto the dating thing, one day I just did it just just to play around. It wasn't based off of nobody else's idea. I just decided to make a list of things that I cannot budge on. Mm -hmm. These are deal breakers. These are not things that I'm willing to settle for. Now, of course, I ended up with a list of nine of them. I have other things, but those are not deal breakers. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is your ability to lead. 
your ability mm-hmm. to provide. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot give me that, we cannot be together. Right. Period. Point blank. As well as the other eight things. But mm-hmm. one of my major things is your ability to be able to to hold your own. Yes. Right. I don't want you dependent on me. We yes. sh- I should be added to what you already have and I think a lot of men get that confused too yes. is that if we're living in a household you should be able to take care of everything on your own all of our necessities you should be able to yes. handle with right. your income yes. whatever I bring to the table is in addition yes. Right. we work and we got a goal that we want to work towards okay that's fine but when I remove myself from the financial standpoint you should be able to take care of everything on your own right yes. the bible says you mm. that's your you want to be the head of the family you were designated to, to be the head of the family then don't take on a family if you, you can't, can't afford it so this is my new thing ladies let me tell you so maybe a couple of weeks ago somebody was like you know what I think we should get married we'd be a great couple and this is what I said well, it takes two hundred, at least two hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars to raise a child for eighteen years. I said, and about, depending on the age of the child, ten to twenty-five thousand dollars a year per child. Let's just say fourteen thousand per year for each child. I said, I have three children, and so let's just say that's fourteen thousand dollars for each child. I said, then. For me to be able to take care of myself and meet all of my needs, basic needs, not anything major, just basic needs. I need twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollars a year to meet my basic needs as an adult. So with my twenty-five thousand that I need to meet, and the fourteen thousand for each child that I need to have, can you afford that? Because I'm barely. <laughs> barely making enough to make what I need. I'm not making $25,000 for myself and $14,000 per kid. Mm-hmm. I gave these numbers to my kids. I'm like, okay, this is, I need 14,000 for you this year, 14,000 for you, 14,000 for you. And I need 25,000 for myself. And I said, do y'all want to know how much I make a year? <laughs> not, not, not even enough to cover my 25000 We got a problem. <laughs> and my son said, my 17-year-old said, Mom, I didn't know you knew magic. <laughs> they don't realize. And, and me yeah. in general, they just don't realize how much of a burden it is for a single parent. Right. You know, and a lot of times um, they... I know, for one, in my particular situation with my child's father, he's just jealous. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I can say one of the red flags that I ignored is he had a child before my child mm-hmm. that he wasn't taking care of. Wow. Mm. But I was young. Yeah. Right. I was shallow. Yeah. He had good hair. He was light skin. <laughs> okay. He was tall. He had a pencil <laughs> for what he was working with. But- <laughs> He looked nice. He was good on the eyes. Yeah. He was he was what I was attracted to. Yeah. But my shallowness ended me into a deep hole that I wasn't ready for. Um, and so don't you know, feel bad. We mm. all had right? Baby. Like, oh, this baby. looks good. And then when so you get it, it's like it was nothing in the inside. What in the world? <laughs> it was nothing in this an empty fortune cute cookie. Outside, just cute on the outside, and that's just it. And and he had a child before Aubrey, mm-hmm. and then it's Aubrey. But then he has two other baby moms after Aubrey with six other kids that are all younger than her. And she's seven. Oh, my. He had all kids. 
Okay. So I, I, I ended up going, you know, to decide to get married. Um, although it was a mistake, um, I, I did it and it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I did it. Um, I waited two years to put him on child support. Mm-hmm. All I asked him to do was to take care of the daycare so that I could go to work, mm-hmm. um, which was $300 a month because mm-hmm. I was getting childcare. Right. That's all I asked him to do. I, I wasn't I, I wasn't asking for diaper money. I wasn't asking for clothes money, nothing else, just to take care of that so I can go to work. Mm-hmm. Every week, it was some foolishness. I don't got it, I only got half. Just, mm-hmm. just, and I'm the one who's gotta go make the arrangements with the daycare. Right. So it, it reflects bad on my right. mm-hmm. because you're not making the calls. If you was making the calls, I guess it wouldn't matter, but right. that's all I was asking for. Right. Every week it was something. So Army was two when I decided to go ahead and fill out the application for child support. Um. I mean, what did you expect? Right. And so now it's it's this rhetoric because social media makes it a big deal about right. men being put on child support. My thing is, I gave you an opportunity. Right. That's and I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of our discussion questions. Like, how do y'all feel about child support? I know there are certain situations where women use it. Let me let to me use it. Let me get right. on it. We're gonna have a good child support <laughs> conversation <laughs> right now. There are some bitter baby mamas who are mad because the man just don't want them no more. But there are bitter it. baby daddies who don't pay because oh. we don't work out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So my yeah. thing is that bitterness, that that's a word that drives me. It makes me very, very angry mm-hmm. because you can't if I'm bitter, you are too. Mm-hmm. Because you're not paying. Over five years, I have only gotten fifteen hundred dollars from this man. Mm-hmm. And so, why is it that men they think, you know, in their mind, I'm giving her child support. She living high off the hog on my oh. money. Oh, she, she takes she buying weave and she taking trips. It takes no. That's what the and see, this is a, a we me that and money him. not doing nothing for me. Me and him just got into it with each other the other day on Facebook. Now I try, I try my best to stay out of because mm-hmm. I don't like that and I don't want my man to feel some type of way mm-hmm. because I'm arguing with him. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So right. I have to consider that, but I just couldn't. It was burning me up mm-hmm. to not say anything. Mm-hmm. So this girl posted this picture, the same rhetoric as everybody mm-hmm. else. Hey, um, you know, something about how all the y'all single moms can take trips. And then under it, it says something about child support. And here he come. Oh, he yeah. got something to say. And so I follow him today. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm here for it today. <laughs> what's, what's up today? You, this is, there are men that that, that happens to, right. but you ain't one. You're not one and of if you so are you deliberately not paying your child support, you can't say nothing about what another man got going on. Because right. you're not paying. So his response to me was, I was everything not about you. I wasn't talking about you. I said, well, if you're not talking about me, why you're not paying? Don't speak on this subject, sir. You just right. don't apply to you. You, you just don't right. apply. Okay. So this was in comments. This was in mm-hmm. regular comments that everybody could see. Then he falls in my inbox. Oh, I'm a bitch then. I'm, I'm, I'm all kind of names then. Mm-hmm. And so my response to him was, because I got a smart mouth. Okay, Ian. Okay, Ian. See you later, big guy. Like, what, right. what, what is it that, why are you in my inbox? And my thing is, he cannot control me anymore. Mm-hmm. He's so used to having these other baby mamas where he can slide them some penis and yes. get settled. Mm-hmm. But he can't yes. do that with me. Right. He's not able to do that with me. So I get attacked. Yes. 
Yes. It's, it's all about, well, you putting the white people in my business. No, you put the white people in your business. Right. When I asked you to do what I asked you to do, you didn't do it. Exactly. Right. Then he called me. Now, he'd been on child support for a while. He ended up getting locked up because he went and stole drugs to an undercover cop. Mm. Mm, mm, now mm. me you know that's not that's not how I was raised you know right. that that in and out of jail situation like so his mom calls and wants to bring my daughter to the jail to see yeah. him now I, I was against it but I let my grandma talk me into it anyway because my grandma is I think because of her relationship with my dad who right. wasn't really in my life like he was supposed to she kind of feels sorry for him so she was able to convince me to allow her to go so mm. I let her go he waited two months before he saw his child when he got out of jail. Um, and the mama just cut off communication. My child called her, left her a message on her voicemail, and she did not call back. Wow. Mm. Another instance, a couple months ago, there was a mix-up with my light bill. And they came to cut my light bill off, and they wanted me to pay $500 to get it turned back on. Shoot. A couple days before that, he called me and said, okay, I'm going to pay you $200. Whether I'm on child support or not, I can pay you two hundred dollars. If we can lower it to that, I I can do that. I say okay, that's fine. When you gonna give it to me? This week. I'm waiting. I, I give you a couple days. I don't bother you. Right. Then I call you and tell you my life's up. Mm. Basically, the conversation ended with, "Don't call my phone until you take me off child support." Mm. So now I'm a little confused as to why you're in my private messages. Wow. And then through, at the end of this conversation, he says, well, let Arbor call me. Uh-uh. I don't think she so. She's not doing that. Not happening. And now mm-hmm. I can't see my daughter. No, your words to me verbatim was, do not call my phone until you take me off child support. I'm just following the rules, homeboy. Wow. I cannot, you know? And all of that <clears throat> simply because he cannot control me. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it is. Like control. I know some men who feel like once you have their child, your life belongs to them for the rest of your yep, life. That's I my children's him, father. We I'm should so he said we should be together because the kids need need us together. No, 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 no. If my kids see us together, if we're gonna stay together because of the kids, I'm gonna be in jail. Are my kid let let me tell you something. Or my kids will be in jail. What made me finally just completely, because even after I left him, he convinced me to come back the whole, we need to be a family. I'm doing better. I'm going to do right. So I came back because I took my kids and moved completely away out of the parish everywhere. Came back. He kept doing the same thing. So finally, I'm like, you know what? No, we can never be together. This is my second time trying this. This is not going to work. I'm done completely. So... One day he decides to, and he, now at this time he he had left. He was staying with the other woman, so he comes back and he's like, "Oh, you taking every?" He was drunk. He was like, "You're taking everything from me, everything. You you about to die today." Okay. So then, so then he comes and you know we're in there fighting. I didn't find this out till later. So the kids are coming in there trying to you know get him to stop, and he pushed them out the room, closed the door, and. I'm like, I'm really thinking I'm about to die. Because at first I thought I was doing good. I'm like, okay, I'm about to show him something. I'm about to do the Tina Turner. I'm about to show you about playing with me today. But at first, now I was, yeah, I'm like, okay. And after a while, when I'm like, you know, doing good, 
the kids come in the room. I try to leave to go out and he pushes me and I fall on the floor. That was the problem. I fell on the floor and he got on my chest oh. and his hands were around my neck. Oh. And I'm like, Lord, and I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm about to be a statistic. I'm about to be a statistic. So then I'm saying, let me go. It's not worth it. If somebody don't want to be with you, it's not worth it. Just let them go. Because the kid's not going to have a mama or a daddy. Just let me go. And so I'm feeling myself going out because he's sitting on my chest. I can't push him because he's sitting on my chest. And I'm knowing I'm about to die. And I'm just having a conversation with the Lord. Like, Lord, you know, I don't want to be another statistic. You let me out of this. I don't know what it was like somebody just tapped him on the shoulder and said let it go because he just got up like he didn't say he didn't say anything he just got up and sat down and said do what you want to do and I left called the cops they came and took him but later that night was what really made me not ever ever decide to go back to him I was talking to my son. Now he's 13. He, I haven't told very many people this. Only a few people know this. But I'm talking to my son and we're sitting there having this conversation. And he's like, he's my baby. He's the middle child. And he's like, Mama, are you okay? I said, yeah. He said, oh, Mama, I was in the kitchen trying to find the knife and I couldn't find it. I'm like, the knife? For what? He said, so I can stab daddy and get him off of you. Now, for me, that was like, I'm not about to ever do this to my kids again. I'm not about to ever allow them to be in a situation to where they they got to choose. Between their parents. Like, you know, my oldest one, he, he was out there sitting on the step. He didn't know what to do. He was about to lose his mind. He didn't know because he loves both his mom and his father. Mm-hmm. Now, the middle child, child loves us both too. But he's just more active, mama. right? So I'm like, I'm not about to ever do this to or them again. He was probably smart enough to see that you're not the aggressor. You know what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I have to choose, then it's going to be the person that's doing right. the most right. aggression. You know right. So, that's that's scary. Yeah, it, it bothered scary. to this day. That's still it, it just to be a child. I couldn't imagine being a child and ever having to choose mm. between my mother and my father mm-hmm. having to, you know. So earlier I said something about me being glad that I didn't grow up in the house with my mother and my father. That's one of the reasons why. I wouldn't have ever wanted to be in a situation to where, because I know how my mom is. My mom has a flip mouth. She's not. She's one of those people that is going to be in your face like a little chihuahua. She's not going to stop. She's going to. She don't care if you're the police. Anybody. (laughs) She does not care. A lot of men cannot handle that. Yeah. And so I've seen her get into fights. Even with my, my, well, she's been married a couple times now. My very first stepdad, who she wasn't married to. Like they would get into fight like cats and dogs all the oh, time yeah. because she's not backing down. She does yeah. not care who you are. She's not backing down. So for my mom and me knowing my dad, mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna back down either. I so I wouldn't want to be in that. My mom and my mom and my stepdad, they were having a knock down, drag out physical fight. Mm-hmm. And he he had got the best of her. He had her down on the floor. 
And so I went in the kitchen. I don't know. I don't remember what I got, but I went in there to get something to hit him. Mm-hmm. And then I got in trouble. My mama told me not yeah, to that ever. Yeah, to me too. Not but to ever why. get in a fight again. Because you just, as a child, you don't think about that. Right. Right. A lot of men, especially if, if, if it's not your, they'll do it to their own kid, right? right. Especially somebody else's. Right. So of course, as we're grown now, we know that it's for our protection. Mm-hmm. But right. But back should, then, yeah, mm-hmm. you should just because I've child, done it a many days. That choice, you know? And I was mad at her because I was like, I'm coming to take you. you, right? You fussing at me. Man, yeah. I used to do some uh, crazy stuff. My mom used to always tell me. Sit down, sit down, mm-hmm. you know, stay in a child's place. Mm-hmm. That was her favorite thing to say, stay in a child's place. <laughs> but but for me, <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I don't care who you are. You're not about to put your hands on my mama. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to pay. So yeah. it was like, all right, I'm yeah. going to get y'all. I'm going to get you after y'all done fighting. Yeah. So I went in there and I took a nail and I put it in his pillow. <laughs> it's like, I'm about to show this joke or something playing with my mama like that mm-hmm. well this is what I want to ask y'all because I know for me as a child I um I had a lot of pent up anger mm-hmm. and rage that I kept bottled up inside of me and like it would only come out when I was pushed push I mean like really pushed and when it did come out I would go over the edge with it. Like I remember in high school, this girl used to pick at me so much to when I finally retaliated, I almost killed that girl. Cause we was at a, the school had a, um, a chain link fence. And then, you know, they have the spikes right. on top of the fence. And before, I, I blacked out. I picked her up and I was taking her to that fence and I was finna black wow. her on that fence and uh, one of my friends grabbed me and told me no, don't do it. So my, I wanted to ask y'all, did, are you do you ever think about like your kids growing up with that rage and that anger in them? Oh yeah, all three of mine are yeah. very angry. Yeah, mine, yeah. mine is very angry. angry. Mine is angry. Very, very I feel angry. like it's because as a single mom, we have a lot of pressures on us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes by the time we get home, you mm-hmm. know, from that day, it's being taken out on our children. Yeah, and right. it's not on purpose. It's not because we don't love them. Right. It's just that it's just me and you. Yeah. Right. The weight of the world is on my shoulder. The responsibility is mine. Yeah. So when you do something that you know you don't have no business doing, I'm going to snap. Right. Not because I don't love you, not but mama needs you to just do what I need you to do. Right. This is a process. We got to work together. Yeah. Right. So I think um, you know, my daughter a lot of times it's the genetic thing, mm-hmm. but it's a circumstantial thing too. Yeah. Right. To where it's just I, I don't have enough time to to have that that uh Hollywood, you know, uh, yeah. even right. even yeah. As, as for me, you know, watching TV, I'm thinking that this is this how you raise kids. Mm-hmm. This, this is gonna be a piece of cake. I can handle mm-hmm. But then when you get them, when you get them, it's, it's, it's a different story. Yeah. The TV will have you thinking that. Right. And so we live in a day and age where our children entertain themselves a lot with with the TV, TV and, and, phones, and, and phones and yeah, and all the other right. stuff. So they're seeing they're my comparing. daughter is seeing comparing, and mm-hmm. she's seeing 
these kids who interact with their parents on this three minute video that took them 30 minutes to make and you don't see what they're doing for right. the rest of these the 23 hours. Right, right. But like I had to sit down and explain to her, parents not supposed to play with kids like this. Right, right. I'm not going to play with you like this. Exactly. When right. I get home from work, when I get finished with homework, when I get finished doing all the other things that I have to do, mm-hmm. I'm not going to come home and play with you like this. Right. 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 Not going to play hide the rainbow, <laughs> go find the treasure. That's just not me. We're not going to yeah. do it. So yeah. if you enjoy watching that, that's fine. But we have to be realistic. Right. And I'm just not going to be able to give you that. Right. If that makes you angry, I'm sorry, but that's just where we are. Right. And so right. I think that a lot of the anger comes from their constant comparison. Right. What they see on TV, what they see on social media yeah. and think and expect that from us. Yeah. And it just don't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was so angry that I had, I had an idea of what I wanted my life to be. And because it wasn't what I wanted it to be, I was angry all the time. And then I would see, like, when I grew up in a, my mom had one sister, but seven brothers, and we all lived on family land. So she had a house, her brother lived next door, another brother there, another brother there, sister there, cousin there. So everybody else had two-parent households. I was the only one only one of my cousins who didn't have mom and dad in the house so i got to see everybody else having their mom and dad Mm -hmm. and that made me feel you know outcast that made me feel different that made me feel less than it made me feel unworthy and so that that was a lot of where my anger came from and then my mom was a single parent working all the time so she wasn't home a lot then we were very dirt poor and so I got to see other kids get the shoes and the clothes and we got to wear hand-me-downs and get picked on at school about the stuff that we was wearing so that's more anger then my mama was very very strict on me so I didn't get to even have Mm -hmm. friends I can only see friends at school and after that nothing so I think that's where a lot of my anger came from but once I grew up and became a mother my heart started to soften towards right. her because I started to so understand. Right. Like, and I think right. that's how that's right. how it was. Cause I um as a child, I glorified my dad. Mm-hmm. And he was he wasn't doing nothing yet. Right. He wasn't Thing doing I anything. Did. But it was because to me, he was the fun fantasy. He, was, yeah. he, was, he wasn't the one who was tearing the bass. He was right. the one right. who was yes. doing all the fussing. He wasn't yes. the one. Yeah, I'm going to my room. daddy. I'm yes. being my daddy. So, my daddy don't put me. Okay, you chose him. Like, what you want me to do? I don't know what you want me to do. And so now, as an adult, I realize where her frustration comes from. When you do all the work, you want the credit. And it's not fair. It's just not fair to us. I mean, it's the world that we live in, but it's not fair to us that, you know, we're the ones with all this responsibility Mm -hmm. and we're made out to be bad. Right, and then they get to go and play and do whatever. And I'm over here stressing out about the light bill, the rent, the water bill. I'm stressing out about school. I'm stressing out because I'm dealing with these three different personalities and that is hard in itself. Yes. I think when I was a kid growing up, my anger came... My mom had five kids, four different dads. Mm -hmm. Two, two, uh, two, Two of my siblings had the same dad. Um, I was angry with my mom because I just wanted it to be just us. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, 
all I want to do is spend time with my mom. Right. Just me and her. That's all I wanted. Right. But then now it's all these other people. Mm -hmm. But then my dad is not here. Mm -hmm. But you live with my brother's dad. Yeah, and then my so sister's dad. Yeah. I, my sister's dad. Well, he was the closest thing I had to daddy. Like right. even now to this day, like he he was daddy. Right. But Something he like took me. Yeah. yeah. Like and my siblings used to dead. always like my brother yeah. used to pick because his daddy was in the household, and my other two siblings was like, um, "Leave our daddy alone. Get your own daddy." You got. You can't have two daddies. See, and, and this is our dad, and so I was angry yeah, yeah. with my mama for having all those because different. It makes you different. It, it gives something else, people something to pick on you for. And that right? is what happened. What my problem was with my children's father. What made me stay so long? Yeah. Because I said I don't want my kids to have mm -hmm. different dads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So no matter yeah. what, they're gonna have the same daddy. And and we're going to be together and y'all not about to. Ch so even now to this day, I'll find myself fussing at my kids. You got the same mama and same daddy. Why are you treating each other like that? Yeah. Because it comes from a place of being picked on as a kid. Because they'll pick on each other. Yeah. I'm like, why are you picking with each I other? I think that, you know, sometimes that's part of it. You know, I, I, I'm i the oldest of three children. My mom mm -hmm. has me, my brother, and my sister. And we're kind of close in age, we're not that far, but my sister has a different dad from me and my brother. Mm -hmm. So, and neither one of them was were ever in, actually in the household, and if they were, mm -hmm. it wasn't for long. And it was when right. we were little. Mm -hmm. So, I was, my mom, she was a school bus driver. Um, so she drove regular, then mm -hmm. she went to school in between time, and then she did a regular ending route, but then this was back when uh, they had extra school and after school, and so mm -hmm. she did that route too. Mm -hmm. um, and so I used to, I remember her, you know, saying she got me an alarm clock too, because I was a little bit more advanced when I was a child. Mm -hmm. So I think that made her put a lot of responsibility on me too, but she used to be like, Rave, I just need a nap. Like, yeah. can you wake me up at 10 o'clock? Yeah. So I need to be sleeping. Yeah. To right for school, but wow. this is my mom. Yeah. What else can right. I do? Right. I have to. She's asking me to do something. I have right. to do it. Right. So not only did she put that type of pressure on me, but she spent a lot of time away from home. Yeah. And so being the oldest, I was responsible for cooking and cleaning and making right. sure that yeah. they are okay. I think that created some resentment towards her, especially in comparison to what I seen on the TV. Yes. Um, as well as I was picked on as a child inside the house and outside the house about my weight. Wow. All the time. Not only that, um, there was one instance where there was this particular person um, that I'm, I, I believe he raped me. But my mom was really into church then. Yeah. And so other people's opinions mattered then. Yeah. And so when, when like we they went off like some of the church like they all they all used to go out a lot mm -hmm. not out in like a but party scene, together, but yeah. spend time together so they would go out to eat and they'd go to the movies and so we all the kids that were going to the church we all used to go to other people's houses while they went and did that well during one particular time I was being touched mm. during that time being there um, and as a little girl like as, as I'm grown and looking back on it now um, I didn't realize how much it was breaking me. Right. Um, but when they found out about it, they sat both of us down. Um, and it wasn't just his mom and my mom. It was other people there too. And so I felt like because this person is liked, like this was a guy who was funny mm -hmm. and all of my 
cousins and uncles and all of that. Like he used to spend a lot of time with them because he didn't have a dad. And so I felt like I couldn't be honest with my mom and tell her what actually happened because it was going to cause a rift rift between his relationship with everybody else. On top of that, during this little gathering where we all sat down to have a conversation, it was like, I felt like I was a whore, you know? I felt like I was being attacked. And he was, they let him go outside. After they asked us questions, they let him go outside. And I was- They had you questioned. They had me going hard on me and let him go outside. You know, society is always harder on the females than the males. All the time. And so I didn't learn my lesson then because mama didn't come to me and say, hey, you know, you need to wait until you are a certain age before you start making these type of decisions. And if somebody's doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable and you are not safe, then you need to come and talk to me. Yeah. That's what I felt like I needed to hear from her. But she, did. but she didn't do that. And wow. so like, years down the line, as I grew, um, because I wasn't able to tell my truth, I feel like that made people create an opinion of me that I was just this hot girl who just only wanted to be around dudes and only wanted to get dudes' attentions. And so then later on, the rape actually happened because nobody came to me. And I mean, in a Christian setting, it's always, oh, you're just supposed to be a virgin. But they never really tell you why. They never tell you the significance of doing that. Right. And so I didn't know any better. But rape is when you express non-consent. And right. someone continues. Continues, yeah. I expressed non-consent and he continued. And I was at a house where there were no other adults around mm. and other people were doing it too. So I just realized two years ago that I was actually raped. Wow. And that that made me angry. Yeah. So much so that other people was like, oh my God, damn, Rayla is so mean. Yeah. She's so mean. But I was angry because I felt like nobody was hearing me. Right. Right. Um, and so as an adult now with, with a daughter who yeah. it doesn't have, you know, doesn't actually have her father in her life, who is, you know, her dad is six five and weighs almost three hundred pounds. Wow. So my girl's a biggie. Yeah. Which is gonna cause I feel like as if that's right. Attention, that's right. But they 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 pinpoint us because they feel like we're vulnerable. Yeah. They pinpoint us right. when they know that we've been picked on about our weight. Yes, it's right. easier to get away with it. Yes. from from a child who is heavier than everybody. A predator right. knows so, how to pick yes. out their. Oh yeah. So as as I, we go over bathroom rules, I let her know you're supposed to go in the bathroom by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. This is your you time. This right. is where you just reflect on your day. You know, you you get your hygiene together. There's nobody else that goes in the bathroom with you. You do right. not come out of the bathroom without clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, my fiance has a daughter too. Mm-hmm. And so she is, she just made five. I go over the bathroom room to her and I don't mm-hmm. care if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also discuss what the, the things to look for when you're uncomfortable in a situation. Mm-hmm. And I always make sure she knows that, hey, if you feel like you can't come talk to me, there are other people that you can go right. talk to. Yeah. Now, I would prefer for you to come to me first, but if you really feel that uncomfortable with talking to me, you have to talk to somebody. Right. Yes. You have to say something. Yes. And I, I feel like because I couldn't speak my truth, I was very angry. Yeah. That'll make you angry. Yeah. You know what pisses me off about our society is that we place so much responsibility on girls. Yeah. To you're responsible for how a man looks at you. 
Right. Um, it's your you, fault. You it, don't dress a certain way to tempt a man. Um, you know, you got to conduct yourself in this way. Or if if you wasn't over there, that wouldn't happen because you weren't supposed to be there. But I don't see any um, emphasis on telling men that's a girl. She's a she's a young girl. Right. You have no business being even sexually attracted to somebody of that age. We don't we we give them a pass because oh that's just a man being a man. Mm-hmm. A man is gonna be when a man sees something he, he can't control his impulses. But, but and can. that's yeah, why you, yeah. Right. you can tr- control yourself. You know the difference between a child and a woman. Right. And I'm not attracted to well, little what boys. Makes my exactly. situation even worse is that he wasn't a grown up. He was just a year too older than me. Yeah, let's see. They gave him a pass, but he got a pass because I guess that's just what men do. Right. That's just what boys do, and it's okay. Yeah, and so a lot of my perception, people's perception of me, especially in my teenage years, mm-hmm. had a lot to do with that particular instance. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now being able. I feel safe enough. I feel okay enough to tell the truth. Right. I was great, and that's just what it is. Yeah. See, that's I admire that because growing up. I was a secret keeper. I, I kept everything secret. I didn't tell anything because I would hear my mom say things like, and she was young when she had me. She was 17 when she had me. Her mom was older, like, you know, when she had her. Um, but my mom would always tell me, um, watch how you act, watch how you dress. Um, or th- that's too tight, or, or or she. It seemed like she would get mad when I developed. Like mm-hmm. when my breast grew, it seemed like she got mad. When I, my hips spread, it seemed like she got mad. Mm-hmm. And she, and we looked alike, so she would always say stuff like, "You need to you need to lose some weight because I don't want one of these men to think I'm I'm you, they- you're me, and come grab you from behind because behind we look alike, and you know." Wow. do something to you or thinking that you're me mm-hmm. because they, they say me and my mom look like I don't see it but um, but still I for a long time I wouldn't say anything I just recently started saying look now my children knew I had been told my children my mom didn't know mm-hmm. I still haven't told my mom mm-hmm. but I tell my children like look these are the types of things that happen to me these are why I even told my daughter Cause it's important that she knows and mm-hmm. she understands. See, I don't want her to think that everything a person does to you is going to feel bad. Yeah. So I told her, I said, there are some touches people are going to give you some things that people are going to do that, that you're going, going to, to like, and it's going to feel good. Let me tell you something. Somebody can rape you, and somebody, and you can enjoy, you know, body, your body will react to it. It's a, Biochemical, reaction. yeah. So, although your mind may be saying, but your body is your doing body something, is and guess what? The man is thinking, or the boy is thinking, her body is responding, so she enjoys it. And I've seen rape victims say that they said the reason why they didn't tell is because their body had a reaction to it, and they thought that meant they gave consent or they right. wanted no. it, and they consent, felt guilt. That c- consent comes from. Speak by law, right? Right. right. It, it, you you have to verbally tell someone right. a simple one syllable word, which is no. Mm-hmm. And and once you do that, that expresses non consent. Right. And I'll be honest, there was a situation where in my mind I'm like, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. I'm saying I don't want to want to do this. I'm not into this. Mm-hmm. But 
Me being me, the person who was molested as a child and was used to giving in just to make, because in my mind it was, if this is what you want, just take it mm-hmm. so you can leave me alone. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just take it and leave me alone so I can go about my business right. and, and be done with you. Right. If this was if this was what will make you stop. Right. So I, I've always, as a kid, I will give in mm-hmm. just to make them leave me alone. Right. right. Like, why is this so important to you? Why is doing this to me so important to you? Just do it. And it's a lot of things that we don't realize that we do that are our, our body language and and, and and just language period. Mm-hmm. Um, men's language is different. Mm-hmm. So we have to teach our children that, right. you know, th- this may be okay for you, but they're not going to look at it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be careful. And, and a lot of times why I didn't say anything is because I felt like I did something wrong. Right. I said something or I got a little too close or right. you know, we played just a little bit too. You long. felt like somebody was gonna like blame you. Yeah. I was doing yeah. because the first meeting, it was my fault. Right. right. You got to go outside and play. Right. And so I think that um especially to go back to what you were saying about the clothes thing, mm-hmm. I was that girl who felt like, okay, swimming because of how I was raised mm-hmm. and being in that Baptist setting, mm-hmm. yeah. I felt like you know, women can't can't wear that, can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So much so that just recently, I just started to be like, look, you wear what you want to wear. Right. What you wear, what I wear, whatever you want to do, that's on you. I have right. an aunt who is a year older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we grew up in the same household. My my mom's siblings on my mom's, on her mom's side are just a couple of years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my auntie is a year and I think my uncle is five years, but they used to come over a lot during the summertime to give my grandma a break, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we played with each other like we were siblings. So we really grew up like siblings versus, versus right. the other way. Um, and to me, she dressed, she, to me, I used to think that she dressed entirely too provocative. Mm-hmm. I felt like some of the things that she wore, like one day we were having a conversation, she was like, Raven, like, why is it that I cannot find somebody who's worth something? Why do these people treat me like this? And my first thing I said to her was, it's probably because of the way that you present yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be able to wear what we want to wear. Mm-hmm. And men should, if I say I don't want to deal with you, I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to you, right. then you should just respect that. Mm-hmm. But right. just because I wear a skirt and a bralette does not mean I want to screw you. Exactly. Right. It does not give you license to come grab my hand right. or say, oh, baby. and it, it doesn't even give you the right to tell me how sexy I look. I didn't ask you for that, sir. Right. I don't want you to tell me I'm sexy. So that was her response to me. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand it. To me, I just felt like, hey, still, your, your one of your major issues is the way that you dress. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go back and apologize to her because mm-hmm. that wasn't my place. Yeah. Right. That's not on me. Yeah. Because the honest truth is, I, I wasn't happy with myself. Right, and I think as women we do that a lot. Right, how our our feelings onto other people. Right, so you know, me and her are. I I have finally got to the point where I just I accepted the fact that I'm a big girl and I'm going to be, and you don't have to talk to me. You don't have to. Right, exactly. We don't have to be together. Right, it just is what it is. But this is me. This is who I am, and you have to either accept it or you don't have to. And I'm okay with it. And I'm gonna be okay with it. So I said that to say. The clothes thing, we got to get off that. Right, yeah, right. Because no matter what I wear, unless I express consent, you do not get to touch me. Yeah. Right. In any way, shape, or form. 
And I think that as women, if we started with the idea, we can stop breaking down other people. Right. Also realizing that it's okay to say that you're not happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, instead of you projecting that on other people, somebody just else. be That's real right. and say, hey, I'm not really happy with myself at this point. I feel like I could be doing better. And if you are happy with yourself, I'm happy for you. Right. right. Like, you know, baby, if that's what you want to wear, that I'm, I applaud you. That's great. But for me over here, I'm wearing this because I'm I'm not healed yet. I'm yeah. still in, in the state of let me just dress like this so I can't get a man's attention. And right. it's, it's, right. it, you know, we, we should be able to. Um, I should be able to tell you look nice. Yeah. Right. I should be able to tell your outfit is cute. Right. Why do we have to continue as a community, especially in the black community? Tear I feel like down. we tear each other down we a do. lot. And it's it, I, the world puts us up against each other all the time. All the time. And we just going to have to stand up and say, hey, mm-hmm. you, I'm going to mind my business. Kids. Right. Exactly. I'm going to let you do you and I'm going to do me. Right. We might do it differently, but I'm just let you do you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, we, we just, we have to get to that point, especially if we want to see growth, growth within ourselves right. as well as within our fellow sisters. We yeah. should want, I want you to be great. Yeah. Right. I want you to be great. Instead of trying to do things and say things to hold each other down and hold each mm-hmm. other back. Like they're still putting us lighter skin against darker skin. So you know, in my I'm household, so I was the darkest child my mama had. I had to fight all the time because I was the darkest child because everybody was... Hey, black, black this. My nickname was black. I my mama do, called me black. I used to do my sister that, but it was in defense because I was a fat kid. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anytime I got into it with somebody, and, mm-hmm. and even it wasn't just the kids I was around. I, I had a grandma mm-hmm. who used to call me bigger than me. Oh. And that's the thing. Like some old people think they get a pass. To yeah, say whatever they just say whatever say they want to say. They got to a certain age. Yes, indeed. Like you can't just say whatever you want to me. I'm a person. I have I'm feelings too. And so those type of comments will really mess with a, a girl oh, yeah. and a young woman's mm-hmm. perception of herself, her self-esteem. Right. I was really at a and I felt like the only my reaction to that was to talk to who I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Even if it was multiple people. If right. I wanted to sleep with multiple people, that was my right. That's your rebellion. Right. That was my response to always being picked on. Right. right. About my weight as well as people's perception that I was just a top girl. Who, right. I gave in to that. Until right. I realized that, okay, if you're not happy with your weight, you change that. Yeah. I was at my last relationship. I was at my highest at 315 pounds. Wow. And now I'm at 256. Girl, good. Oh, wow. I he my last husband, he used to play that card with me too. Mm-hmm. So much so that one time he told me I had a couple of months to lose weight. Oh, he was uh, Yeah. Really? Well, correct. Hold on. Don't you never threaten me, baby. What? And this we is a man. Speed it up. Up. This is a man who, out of one year, he probably worked about six months. What? So was you a toothpick when you met him? No. All right then. See. The I was never. That. I'm never gonna be. Ex- it's, that's, so, that's so, that, you know, you I get. Once a person knows what your insecurity is, they that's play on that button. They gonna continue to push on you. And I, I'm so glad now I'm at a point in my life where ain't nothing you can tell me about myself that is gonna hurt my. Right, because I've heard it all by now. Like, what you gonna call me, chunky? Okay, okay. I'm okay with that. Black. Well, it. guess what. 
I have a friend now. He call he calls me black. And the reason why he started calling me black is because he used to hear I used to tell him the story about how my mom used to call me black. Mm-hmm. And they used to always pick on me about it and mm-hmm. they said in a negative way. And so now he calls me black. He'll be like, Hey black, what you doing? I love to hear him call me black. Because he says it in such a caring way. It's like, man, I'm so glad you're black. I'm so glad your skin is black and beautiful. Like, you know, things like that. Beautiful. It's a task. It's a task trying to, you know, especially when you're in a relationship, it's not just you anymore. Right. And especially if your man deserves that, you have to keep yourself up. Right. I had just got to the point where I was just like, look, yeah. Like one time my sister showed me she went out for her birthday um, and I was like, no, I didn't want to go. But a, a little while later, a couple months later, after me and him mm-hmm. had divorced, she was like, you didn't want to go out with me for my birthday because you had got to be really. And that was the truth. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even be mad she because that was the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was the truth. And I used to just. Just I, I just. Yeah. Ate. And I think sometimes now I don't know if it's for your case, but I know sometimes people hide behind the weight when they're they just don't want to be bothered with the world they put on the weight to keep people away to keep people um you know and 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 people do this in all different kinds of ways like I know for myself um I went through a period where I just I know I was giving off this energy of mm-hmm. stay away from me. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to get, you know, um, emotionally involved with people. But then I felt like I had made myself a prisoner of my own. It's like, I want love. I want affection, but I know I really don't. I, right. I want it, but I don't want to let nobody get close enough. Cause I'm afraid like, of being hurt. I want again. you to care about me, but I don't really want to care about you. <laughs> yes. I know that feeling. Yes. I know that feeling and, so well. And I, I had to realize that in myself and I, I pulled myself out of that because I had, I was dating. I had dated this guy and I was soaking up all the attention from mm-hmm. him, but I knew I wouldn't, I didn't have nothing to give him. Mm-hmm. And when he started wanting more from me, I just told him, I said, I ain't, I don't have nothing for you. I mean, I, I enjoy what we do together, but I mean, I promise you, I'm not going to get, this is not going to go any further than what it's going. Right. And I, I said to myself, why would I want somebody to do that to me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I couldn't do it any longer. So I, I cut that off. But if people would just be so in tune with themselves when they know this and they know that's what, where they are and um and take care of themselves before they go out there and get involved and because hurt people hurt people that's right hurt people hurt people when you get hurt you transfer that hurt to somebody else trying to get it off of you but you just cause it more hurt um so that's how that was going so that concludes this episode of the code of sisterhood podcast I hope you guys really enjoyed the discussion. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you were entertained. And I hope that you will join us again for our next episode. I'm not sure what we will be talking about, but I promise you, you will enjoy it. It will be something invaluable. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time.